if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, winter has definitely set in here. Um, Down here in, in South Australia, it is freezing. And so it is the perfect time to start a podcast series on winter infections and kids' immunity. And we are going to start this series with a topic that can be a little bit controversial, um, which is fever and treating fever in children, when we need to treat it, how we can treat it, and really importantly, how fever actually helps your kids' immune system. So these are the things we're going to be covering in today's podcast. So first of all, I just want to run through the advice for kids when it comes to fever. So when your child has a temperature of 38 degrees Celsius or higher, and they are under three months old, the recommendation is to take them to emergency. You know, young children have don't have the ability to regulate their temperature as well as older children and adults. So it's really important to, um, you know, treat fever really seriously in young children. 
if your child is between 3 and 12 months, the recommendation if their temperature is 38 degrees Celsius or higher is to book in and see your doctor as soon as possible. And then if your child is over 12 months old, um, then often you can sort of manage and treat the fever at home and and the, the infection that's causing the fever at home. That is unless they have any of these other symptoms as well as fever. Um, so if they have a headache or a stiff neck, if they're drowsy, any seizures, of course, difficulty breathing, vomiting, diarrhea, a new skin rash, dehydration, and they're not drinking or weighing enough, um, and it doesn't improve within 48 hours, it is recommended to see a doctor. If there's any of those sort of extra symptoms along with the fever. But for, you know, older kids, so kids that are older than 12 months old and they don't have any of those other symptoms, it's more than likely, you know, you don't need to seek any medical advice. Uh, there is a lot of a lot of um, fear and worry and even phobia of of fevers when it comes to being a parent. Uh, So I really want to sort of um, talk about this subject so that it can, so you can feel more educated and empowered about what to do. Because fever actually is really helpful um, when it comes to our kids' immune systems. Fever is actually a body's natural response to an infection. And it actually helps our kids fight the infection. And it does this by stimulating the immune system. So when the body temperature rises, it makes the immune system more efficient, if you like. And if we're bringing that fever down too soon, we are actually suppressing that natural response and reducing our kids' immune response to that particular infection. The other thing fever does is it helps to slow down the infectious microbes. So germs grow and spread quickly. So I'm talking about, you know, bacteria or virus, whatever it is that's causing the infection. But a fever can help to slow down this this spread and growth, which gives the immune system a chance to get on top of the spread. And the third thing a fever does is it helps to slow down our kids when they are sick. When your body's fighting an infection, um, you know, you need plenty of rest. And so the you know, when we're giving a medicine to reduce that fever really quickly, our kids perk back up and they don't rest adequately. Um, you know, in, in no time they're running around, they're us- using up those crucial energy um, and nutrients that could be veered towards uh, that immune system. So this affects how well their system is able to fight off the germs. So a fever is healthy because it stimulates the immune system or immune function. It helps to slow down the infectious microbe and it helps to slow down our kids so that they can rest, which is really one of the most important things they need to do when they are sick. So, you know, hopefully that helps to highlight some of the benefits of fever. And why we don't want to necessarily jump straight for that paracetamol or ibuprofen to bring the fever down. 
But of course, that's not as easy as it sounds when there's the worry of, you know, those those nasty kind of things that can happen with a fever like febrile convulsions. And I think, uh, you know, that's a worry for all of us parents. It's the reason that we have this fear of fever. And of course, there are some cases when we do need to bring that fever down, that temperature down, um, if if kids are at a higher risk of these febrile convulsions. But there are also ways that we can reduce the risk of convulsions and spot the warning signs before they occur. So febrile convulsions are a particular risk for young children, but the number on the thermometer is not the best way to figure out if they are heading towards that that danger zone. One child with a temperature of 39 degrees Celsius might be running around and functioning normally, but another might be unresponsive and hard to wake. So a better indicator is to look at how quickly the fever increases when it comes to the risk of febrile convulsions. The quicker the temperature spikes, the more likely it will end in a convulsion or a seizure. So that's one thing to know. And you also want to look at how responsive your child is. If they're tired but responsive, it's a, it's a sign that you can probably let that fever go for the time being. But if they are listless, they're unresponsive, they're difficult to wake, they're confused, they're disorientated, that's when we, you know, we want to take quick steps to, to bring that fever down. So recognising some of those warning signs um, is really important. Another risk factor to look out for is dehydration. So important to be keeping our kids hydrated when they have a fever. The most important thing, I would say. So we want to make sure our kids are well hydrated whenever they have a fever. But again, this can be easier said than done if they're refusing to to drink. And that's, you know, when we do want to probably seek medical attention, medical care. Um, So as soon as they start to run a temperature, give them regular drinks of water or let them suck ice blocks or, you know, give them rehydration drinks if you think that that is necessary. And a good way to ensure they aren't dangerously dehydrated is to ensure they're they're urinating at least every six to eight hours. So so keeping a track of that um, can sort of help to, to ease your mind and help you figure out whether they are um, adequately hydrated. So, of course, there's a time and a place for medications such as paracetamol and ibuprofen. But we do need to remember that all medications do have side effects. Um, Compared to other medications, fever-reducing medications such as paracetamol and ibuprofen are relatively safe. um, But unfortunately, some of their side effects can, can sometimes be worse than the fever than they're actually treating. So I just wanted to talk through these because... We see as as parents those, you know, those ads on the television where, um, you know, it's really it, it's really kind of positioned that these medications are needed for proper care um, of our children. But there are some negative side effects. So one of those is that paracetamol depletes a substance, an antioxidant within our body called glutathione. So glutathione is the body's master antioxidant. It helps our immune system to function and it plays a really important role in our detox pathways as well. So paracetamol reduces the level of glutathione in the body, which lowers our capacity to fight off 
an infection. Of course, the odd dose of paracetamol is not a problem. But I know of, you know, of families that just use paracetamol, you know, so much, they overuse it. So we need to be aware of some of these, you know, negative effects that they can have. Paracetamol use is also linked to asthma and allergic conditions. So using paracetamol in the early years could lead to the development of asthma and atopic conditions. There was a study that looked at over 200,000 children across the globe and how much paracetamol they were given in their first year of life. The more paracetamol they were given, the higher the risk of conditions, including asthma, eczema, and other allergic diseases. Isn't that really interesting? And in the show notes, I'll pop a link to a blog post we have on medication for fever and the links to this research Um, are in that article if you want to take a look. Um, And when it comes to ibuprofen, there are are several well-known links between ibuprofen and gut issues. Ibuprofen can lead to digestive upsets, bleeding in the digestive tract and stomach ulcers. And this is why it's so important only to give ibuprofen after food, not on an empty stomach. Um, However, ibuprofen does have other side effects in children. It has been linked to kidney damage, particularly when a child is dehydrated. So that, that mix of dehydration and ibuprofen are not a good thing. So if your child is severely dehydrated due to something like a gastro infection, it's best to leave ibuprofen until you can get some regular fluids into your child. There are also studies that have found that ibuprofen increases the risk of complications in respiratory infections, such as pneumonia. So as I said, they are relatively safe, but I think it's important to be aware of some of these issues with these common medications um, that we are using in our children regularly. And one thing I forgot to mention about the febrile convulsions, um, you know, it, it, of course, it's scary uh, when kids do have a febrile convulsion, but generally febrile convulsions are not uh, dangerous in the long term. It's quite rare for a child to experience brain damage or any long-term adverse effects from a febrile convulsion. And in fact, research has shown that medications like paracetamol and ibuprofen don't even reduce the risk of a child having a febrile convulsion. Um, And only 3 to 4% of kids will ever experience a febrile convulsion. Uh, So it is, you know, it's maybe not as common as as people think. Um, And if your child has experienced a convulsion before, there's only a one in three chance that they'll experience another. I mean, obviously that risk is higher once they've had one. um, And you, of course, would be a bit more cautious because it is very scary. But, you know, long-term effects, as I said, from a febrile convulsion are quite rare. So let's have a little look at some natural options for treating fever in children. As I've sort of um, alluded to, in many cases, in many cases, it's best to ride out a fever if the temperature is fairly mild, um, you know, between 38 and 40 degrees Celsius, depending on the age of your child, as I said right at the start. But it's also important not to focus just on that number. Instead, be led by how your child feels, how they're looking. If they're in a lot of pain, you know, some some medication is fine. But you just don't want to be reaching for medication as soon as their temperature spikes a little because you're, you're taking away some of that ability of the immune system to fight the infection um, and and 
you know, have that sort of shorter duration of illness um, as opposed to a longer illness if we're jumping for medication too soon. So when it comes to some natural options for feeding, for, for treating fever in children, um, first of all, make sure your child is getting plenty of rest. Um, and this is where, you know, when, when we jump for that medication too soon, they will often go from lethargic and unwell and resting to perky and wanting to run around. Uh, so we, we can, it can give them that sort of sense, that false sense of wellness and make it easy for them to overdo it and use that precious energy um, up rather than uh, having that available for the immune system. So a fever actually does help to allow kids get the rest that they need um, to feel better sooner. As I said, keeping them hydrated is super, super important. Little sips constantly. Ice can be really good um, if they're not wanting to drink or ice blocks. Uh, you can even add things like some, um, you know, some, some good quality juice or some supplements like vitamin C and zinc into an ice block um, for an extra boost. Things like soups and broths are also really great for keeping uh, kids hydrated and you can sort of sneak in lots of immune boosting goodness in there. You don't need to force your kids to eat. So the body has limited resources and when it's sick, the immune system needs extra resources. So that lack of appetite is kind of intentional for the body so that it doesn't have to use up too much energy digesting food. So it's fine for your kids not to eat much for a couple of days. That hydration is really important, but but don't force kids to eat. If they eat when they're not hungry, you're just taking that energy away from the immune system to digest the food. Um, and as you know, as a parent, of course, you do need to keep an eye on that food intake if it goes longer than a couple of days with that lack of appetite, you'd definitely want to seek some some medical care. Including some herbal teas is a great way to keep them hydrated, but also certain herbs can be great for helping to bring a fever down in a gentle way while also supporting the immune system. So ginger and peppermint are two common herbal teas that you can use that have this effect. They'll help to bring that fever down gently and keep your kids hydrated um, and have that sort of immune um, enhancing property as well. And then add in immune boosting nutrients where you can to help fight the infection, which will help, you know, bring down um, that fever over time. So include foods, drinks, or even supplements with nutrients such as vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D. Uh, these are my favorite nutrients to include when kids are sick. So what I like to personally do is start with these sort of natural, um, the, the natural options, first of all, uh, with kids. And um, if their temperature, you know, continues to be high, uh, then, you know, or, or if they're in a lot of pain, then it might be time to reach for that fever reducing medication such as the paracetamol or ibuprofen. It can be really tricky to kind of, you know, um, know, you know, walk this line of when when the fever is okay and then when it is not. So always seek, you know, medical attention um, if you are unsure. The 
that Health Line can be a really great um, resource. Health Direct Line can be a really great resource if you're unsure they can sort of give you some advice. But more often than not, I find parents are reaching for that um, fever-reducing medication way too soon and it is going to be increasing the duration of illness and infection in kids because of that um, effect that it does have on the immune system and the microbes that are causing the infection. So I hope this has clarified um, and, and empowered you of some different things that you can do next time your child has a fever. We are going to be continuing this conversation on immunity and winter infections over the next few weeks. So I look forward to bringing you more topics um, like this. Stay tuned and reach out to me on Instagram, Natural Super Kids on Instagram. Message me and let me know what you thought of this episode and if it has taught you anything about fever. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.